Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's episode, we talk about more of Nick's RV adventures, greasy spoon fishing restaurants, bad fishing advice, and we wrap up with some Q&A. Hope you guys enjoy. I keep thinking you're going to hit record on us. There it is. Yeah, I, I left home expecting it. I was like, hey, it's going to be nice when I get back. I've I've officially survived the summer. I'm going to go up to Wisconsin and come back home. And when I'm when I'm back, it's going to be nice. And you guys. Yeah, dude. Well, we didn't we didn't help the weather situation out for you. I think Rod's going to tell ghost stories tonight, though. He's got the <laughs> flashlight under his face. He's got a scary looking beard. He's ready for Halloween. Oh, for it's, sure. It's a shame we're not on YouTube, guys, because, yeah, Rob <laughs> is uh, we're, we're doing this one late night. It's been uh, kind of a long week. We've all been busy doing stuff, and uh, we don't want to be late with another episode. So it's it's Sunday night, and we are recording past everyone's bedtime. But yeah, um, <laughs> Rob is uh, in pitch black. Nick and I are, are in our garages, and and Rob, where are you at, dude? I'm in my truck. I've got my my headlamp though. I can just show my. <laughs> Rob, you look so scary, man. This might have to be another one of those like inconspicuous screenshot moments in posting. But who? I, we had a guest a long time ago. Do you remember when I just blatantly did like the loudest screenshot ever on my laptop? I don't think you were with us on that one, Rob. Do you remember that, Josh? It was classic. Oh, dude, I I I don't remember who the guest was, but I remember the the clicking of the completely screenshot. Dude, was hilarious. Dude. Interrupted his train of thought. Everything. It was so <laughs> awkward. It was just like, like, did you just take a screenshot? Uh, yeah, I did. Sorry. <laughs> Well, since, hey, Rob, since you are kind of in that mode right now, dude, um, do you have any skinwalker stories from Ooh. being out hunting or camping or anything like that? Do you have anything, uh, any crazy stories? Hair on the back of your neck type stuff? Not really. Um, I mean, no, no, nothing nothing I can think of. Uh, Boyd and I slept underneath the stars last night up in the mountains. Uh, we went up really? scouting for deer. And just kind of a random quick trip and uh, slept on a cot right outside. So that was kind of cool. So every time you get up to take a leak in the middle of the night, you're, got your, you're, you got your uh, headlamp looking for rattlesnakes and stuff. But. Oh. Where were you guys at? You just literally like put two cots on the side of the truck and, uh, and yeah, just he, chilled out? Yeah, he slept in the back of his truck and I just slept on a cot. Just Yeah, and we we're just up uh, in Unit 23, which is near Roosevelt. So. That's your spot, Rob. I, yep. One day I'll sprinkle some of your ashes there. That, that's that's like yeah, where you post a up. In, a lot of time in that area. But is it too early in Arizona for elk to be bugling, Rob, or is it the time of year no. for that? No, they're going. I mean, archery archery elk season started. Um, what's today? Sunday. So archery elk season has another what five days? I think I think they go till Thursday. Um, so they've been going for a while. I don't think the the rut is that great this year. Uh, okay. Just, but they, there's definitely elk bugling right now. So. so I was wondering, we went camping last night, and I'll give you the whole nitty-gritty ridiculousness of that epic fail that we attempted. And I fully— You both camped last night. Look at you guys. We did. Well, yeah. but freaking Rob's Mr. Professional over there. He had, like, white glove service. Everything went yeah, perfect. Sure one was probably went smoother than the other. But. <laughs> oh. No, dude. Well, we had kind of an epic fail, though, because for dinner last night, we didn't want—I just had some— uh, like the freeze dried dinners mm -hmm. and there's a company called Heather's choice and the stuff is, Ooh. it's excellent. Right. And it's Heather's really got good, good taste, huh? Really good quality food. The problem is it's like the next day you do not want to be around anyone. <laughs> so, <laughs> Boyd and I were having wars on the way home with who's holding oh. the window. <laughs> it's hilarious. Dude, and you had to drive by burritos, which is a little sneak preview of some of the uh, ridiculousness. Stop? Yeah. To come. What's that? Did Did you hit up Burger House on the way no, to or from? We didn't go that way. Gotcha. So, which is ah. probably a really good thing. Dude, so all three of us are driving on the 87 yesterday about the same time. How did none of us? Wait, do you remember that one point going up the hill when there was a huge traffic jam and then you finally got around the shirtless guy driving a motorhome with all the windows down and an infant <laughs> screaming? Do you remember that part? <laughs> That yeah, was that me. was you, right? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I have so much appreciation. Now, anytime you roll up, doesn't matter if it's at like a stoplight, on the freeway, interstate, you name it. If you roll up 
on a vehicle when it's hot out and all the windows are down and everyone just looks like pissed off and hot. Like that has been of the 10 times I've driven our motorhome, nine and a half times that has been my unit, dude. Mostly naked, pissed off, just hot <laughs> in that thing, dude. And, You're not and, looking down on that guy anymore, are you? Oh, if anything, I'm going to throw him like a, a COVID high five and be like, <laughs> I see you. Like, I, I feel your pain right now, man. This this uh, summer has been relentless, and I think my equipment is uh, not up to the task. But yeah, we uh, we tried to do a little camping last night, and uh, you know, there's just nothing more relaxing than uh, loading up 7,000 pounds of gear and three small kids and your wife and pointing her north on a Saturday afternoon, aiming to camp 90 minutes from the fifth largest city in the United States. What could go okay. wrong, right? So, so did you have, let's back this up. Did you have, how, how, how early did you plan this? And did you have a campsite in mind or a lake in mind? I know you were just, it was last minute trip, dude. But like, had you thought about this earlier in the week? And, and did you have a lake or an area or a campground in mind? So sometimes <laughs> there's, there's an analogy I heard a long time ago about the pigeon and the statue. Have you guys ever heard that one? <laughs> I don't know, dude, but it sounds like you're beating around the bush here. Sometimes you're the pigeon, sometimes you're the statue. This has been the week of the statue, man. I feel like all the pigeons have been dumping. So my wife and I kind of went last minute, figured let's just go for this. So to answer your question, we uh, we didn't put any planning or thought into this hardly. And uh, we, we were aiming for Blue Ridge Reservoir up on the rim. And uh, suffice to say that uh, the campground was full. Huh. It's, it's Always a bad sign when they're like, dude, this sign straight up said, dude, this sign straight up said, uh, extreme wait times ahead, like consider turning around or so something. You tried to go there, dude. Hell yeah. Oh, dude, I'm royalty at this point. Like I, I am more important at this point in my life than I've ever been. I figured as soon as I came around the corner, they'd just like get out of the way. It didn't happen like That's that. True. Though. The podcast. Yeah. Dude, my son, my one-year-old slept 10 minutes tops last night i was just pacing in the little tiny kitchenette of that motorhome trying to get him to go to sleep dude we slept like 17 minutes overheated twice on the way up it was it was such a quality trip man we nailed it <laughs> but the nightmare, dude. dude my my kindergartner though is like at that fun stage where like he's pretty good at reading now like he knows a lot he didn't miss a sign so like in the soundtrack of the non-stop crying from the infant and us just like melting down in sweat he's reading every sign watch for rocks speed limit 65 like he's like <laughs> narrating the drive dude <laughs> my cool. dog is like almost dead with her tongue hanging out like dude we were we were just man it was just a hot mess express where did where did you end up staying so dude night? so we went to blue ridge which is you know a incredibly bumpy road that we bounced two and a half miles down to our failure and at that point it was getting dark <laughs> dude i just parked her on the side of the road i backed her up bounced it off of a big old rock and uh called that home just on the side of the road there's a lot of like dispersed camping not too far from there and so so we did that That's we had cool. a great time and I, I really was hoping to hear some elk bugle but uh the bugling in the motorhome was not elk that's for sure Right on. Well, dude, hey, like you said, I'm sure your older two kids loved it. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's cool. At least you guys made the effort and, and got up there. Oh, but. good time it's had for all. And you're right, dude. They, the beauty of cluelessness when you're little, they, they had a good time. And my wife and I are like looking for sharp objects to stab ourselves with. But uh, <laughs> no one was the wiser of the pain we were going through. And a good time was had by all. So anything beats, dude, it's freaking 107 in September, right? Like you got to get out of this nonsense somehow. That's jacked up. I, uh, so I, yeah, like I said, like when we started, I left here thinking when I come back, it's going to be nice. Like Dude. the 10, the 10 day forecast doesn't look great, but things are going to turn the corner and I'm going to Wisconsin. It's going to be nice and cool. When I come home, we're in the nineties max and it's going to be the start of the fall. And yeah, like you said, today is a hundred, hundred four, It's going to, it'll cool off eventually, but yeah, 2020, bummer, dude. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so, so yeah. what do we got coming up this this episode, man? We got all sorts of good stuff. We've got uh, we've got a good mix, man. I got to tell you guys one story about my road trip before. Oh, please. We go, we go into that, and um, I can't talk about the tournament obviously because it was a cup, 
a cup tournament. So we'll leave that. We'll leave that for when the show actually comes out. But Josh, you guys will laugh. Josh, yeah. Explain that to folks that don't understand what you're talking about real quick. Yeah. The yeah. Cup. So, yeah, there. So the MLF Bass Pro Tour that we fish through the regular season is like it, everything is live. You you see it live as it as it unfolds. Um, there's nothing uh, there's nothing hidden or kept for the future. Like if, if you win the tournament, everyone knows you win the tournament. The cups are a little bit different. The cups are kind of like almost like majors. You qualify into the cups and um, they they're they're kind of made for TV events. So as you fish these events, you actually sign an NDA where you can't disclose anything about what happens during the week, how the event unfolds, and so on and so forth. And the reason for that is just so they can get, I mean, maximum viewers during the actual TV show. You know, if everyone knows how it went, there will be less people that tune in for the show. So uh, it's different, but it's cool and it's really fun. But um, all that to, to say I can't talk about the actual tournament. Um, even though it was a, it was a really fun week for me. Um, When's that come out? Do they know? It'll be out in a couple months. Yeah. They've got a few, they've got to finish the rest of the Bass Pro Tour season on discovery and, and that'll be on sportsman channel in a couple months. So we'll keep everyone posted if they, if the listeners want to watch, but, uh, you guys will laugh on the way there. So I, I, and typically for the cups, you don't have to bring your boat. We talked about this. We fished out of their boats. So, um, I didn't have to. Br- I wouldn't normally have to bring my boat, but I had to shoot some sponsor content with my boat. So I'm like, well, not gonna lie, it's a little bit of a bummer that I have to tow my boat 2,000 miles to Wisconsin when I could just fly <laughs> on normal circumstances. So I drive, and I I leave my house at like four o'clock on whatever last Saturday morning. I drive like seven hours. Ironically, run into our buddy Blaine. Uh, you know, <laughs> Rob is awesome. one of Rob's best friends, and uh, I see Blaine, um, and we literally are following each other to New Mexico. And we hit. My goal is to drive like a little over a thousand miles, which is a long, it's a big old day. Day, like to get to uh, to get to James Elam's house, our buddy who was our guest last week. And I'm going to spend the night at his house in Tulsa and do another 800 miles the next day. Well, everything has to go perfectly for me to get to James' house at a normal hour. It has to be smooth. And and I get like halfway there. And, uh, of course, I-40 is closed for some unknown reason. There was no signs or anything like that saying there was going to be a closure. So just all of a sudden, there's a detour. And this detour takes me it's just before albuquerque and it it takes me like 30 or 40 miles off i-40 onto this like one lane highway with thousands of other vehicles and this this one lane highway is having there's there's one little bridge going over like some little canal and of course this bridge is having construction (laughs) work done on the bridge so dude long story short it the, the 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 uh the delay is over four hours wow so that's, that's how it starts yeah and it was pretty wild too because like i know nick you've watched breaking bad have you seen breaking bad rob yes yes dude this looked i mean it was so perfect breaking bad was so perfect where they you know where uh the main character and his buddy jesse are out like out in their rv doing Cooking. their thing like in the in the beginning of the uh series it couldn't look more like what it actually looked like over there. Like, that's where I was. I was out there 30, 40 miles off I-40 outside of Albuquerque in the middle of the desert. And it's exactly what it looked like. The scrub brush was the same. Everything was the same. And there were even little RVs out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I'm not kidding, dude. Like, there would just be one little, like, dirt road coming out off that little highway and there'd be an RV, you know, out in the middle of the desert, dude. There was three or four of those. And I was like, wow, that's unbelievable. Uh, so anyways, I get to James house at like 1 AM and I fall asleep. I get whatever amount of sleep I need to get going the next day. I get up in the next morning and I drive another 800 dang miles. And I finally, it's late Sunday night, and I'm finally getting to Wisconsin. I got to work. 
I'm not fishing until Wednesday, but I've got a bunch of content and video to shoot the next day. I've got to be at the lake, one of the lakes up there, early the next morning. And uh, I'm one mile from the exit. One mile. And uh, I'm pretty tired at that point. And I, like, blink. And I open my eyes. And there is a big trap, like a trash barrel in the middle of the highway. No. It's like a 55-gallon drum? Yeah, exactly, dude. A 55-gallon rubber drum, 10 feet in front of my truck. So I nail this thing. Dude, I nail it. And it's stuck. It, I'm on the phone with my wife, and I'm like, I'm finally here. Thank God. You know, I'll call you tomorrow. I'm going to check in and go right to sleep. And I nail this thing, dude. And you can just hear it grinding underneath the truck. And I was so pissed. I didn't even stop. I'm like, I'm just going to drive this last mile. I don't care what happens underneath the truck. Hashtag Toyota sponsored. Exactly. Shout out to Hatch Toyota. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I drive I drive all the way to the hotel, and, and at some point, this drum vacates the bottom of my truck, and thankfully, it doesn't hit the, it doesn't hit the boat on the way out, but uh, dude, it smelled so much like rubber and plastic melted to the undercarriage of my truck that uh, every time my truck runs now, even after driving 2,000 miles home, it smells like burning rubber. Wow. So That's you can't really smell- not good. No, I don't know what's going on. You can't really smell it on the inside of the truck, but if you stand outside of the truck when that thing's idling, it smells like burning rubber. Maybe Still. you want to crawl under there and look at all the residue that maybe is living on like your transmission pan and your oil pan and other orifices. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what anything is down there, but there's there's a lot of <laughs> melted blue plastic. plastic. <laughs> Dude, what did you do to Oh, Every go ahead, Rob. I think of a smell in a vehicle. I think of the gallon of oil that got spilled on your floorboard. Didn't you guys win some oil in a tournament? And... <laughs> you remember that, dude? Oh I can't my believe God. you remember that. Yeah. Because it's horrible. That's like such a bad story, dude. It's like. <laughs> we, we, yeah, that was my. That was one of the first lessons my dad ever taught me. Like when I first started like driving, he was like, "Never put." anything like oil in in the back of your in the oil seat. like gas, put it in yeah. the yeah put anything nasty any nasty chemical or anything like that in the bed of your truck well yeah we won in a raffle a gallon of oil in a tournament and my partner <laughs> put it on the back seat of the dang truck dude in the in the, in the cab <laughs> yeah yeah it all spilled out somehow who knows how completely <laughs> destroyed the back seat and, and what 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 makes it even better was like, I don't remember what happened with my dad's truck. I was borrowing my dad's truck for the week and he's the one that taught me the lesson. And, uh, <laughs> this oil ends up spilling over the back seat of his truck. So yeah, I can't believe you remember that, Rob. I, I remember the most random stuff. Sorry. That's hilarious. All right. Well, we're 20 minutes in and we've, uh, just completely rambled. So we're going to get into a couple of cool topics, but, uh, one, one note I wanted to, uh, talk about first was our contest winner. So over the last two weeks, we've, we've been running a contest for a free Abu Garcia Revo X spinning reel. And, uh, we've had a lot of, a lot of par- uh, participation on this, you know, to, to play, all you had to do was go on to iTunes and review and rate us. And, uh, man, we've had some awesome ratings and reviews and we appreciate it big time from everyone who's who's played you know whether you did it during the contest or prior to the contest starting the reviews have helped us a ton so uh, I, they mean a lot we've read them all can you hear us nick yeah i'm here and i was just gonna pile on to that i my 20 dollar gamer headphones took a crap in the spirit of all of our technical difficulties it's right in line but i just wanted to piggyback on you dude those those reviews are hard touching, man. Like uh, apparently all you have to do is give away a couple hundred dollar fishing reel and everyone likes you. Like my ego, I think that's how I thought I could pull off such a ridiculous camping trip. The cowboy hat and those reviews, I'm untouchable <laughs> at this point. Seriously though. Yeah, we, we appreciate it big time we and do. everyone, yeah. everyone had good things to say and uh, it helps us a ton as a podcast. And uh, like we talked about before, we're going to take this to our wives and uh, we're going to have, we're going to have, you know, their support moving forward because of these reviews. We're a thousand percent legit now, dude. A hundred percent. So thank you all. And uh, so 
uh, drum roll and our big winner. And before I announce the winner, I'm going to tell you all how I did this. I went through all the reviews. I counted up the amount of reviews that we had. And I put that in a random number generator. It generated a number. And I started from the top and went to whatever number I had drawn. And that's how I picked the winner. So the winner is Kent Coista. And I'm sorry if I'm, I've am i got that last name wrong, but that last name is K-O-O-I-S-T-A. So uh, I don't really know how to pronounce that, but uh, you're the winner, Kent. So congrats, man. The real is yours. And um, how, to, how you're going to have to claim that is you, you can either send us a message on Instagram at Angler's Happy Hour. You can send me a message at Josh Bertrand Fishing, or you can send us an email. You can send us an email to all lowercase, A-Z-A-N-G-L-E-R at gmail.com. And uh, just send us your uh, shipping information and you'll have that real next week. So uh, congrats again and thanks everyone for, for everyone for playing. And uh, we're going to do another contest here before too long. Don't stop rating and reviewing us, but um, we will do a contest soon. And, and I think just to clarify, we you explained how we picked it, but I think really why we picked it is because he complimented me the most. He may have misspelled my name, which is forgivable. It's kind of a stupid name anyways. But, uh, you know, I think the feedback there was, you know, a nice touch. <laughs> we might include that Fluger spin fly cast combo for him, too, just because the review was so good. Ironically, he did. He complimented Nick. But the best part was, like, this guy's review was probably the most classic review we've ever got. He said, uh, Nick, is, Nick is the best radio host but I just wish you would learn how to fish. Something like that. So what a, what a review. Dude, he might be Edgar Allan Poe. Like, he's poetic, you know, he's insightful. That That's my boy right there. He can call me nil, and he's right. I do suck at fishing, but it is what it is. <laughs> it was great. Well, uh, awesome. Cool. Well, thanks again, everyone, for playing, and uh, let's, get, let's get this thing rolling. So, um, the first thing I wanted to talk about, guys, was there was a, a, a video Major League Fishing posted on their Facebook and Instagram recently, and it was just some interviews through through the – they went to some of the different anglers on the tour and asked, what was the worst fishing advice you've ever received? And uh, I, I noted a couple of the uh, responses because they were pretty funny. And if you guys have any you want to add, I definitely want to hear them. But – I think uh, a good way to start this would be to go through a couple of these first ones. We'll talk about them, and then if we have anything to add at the end, we will. But worst fishing advice, worst fishing advice you've ever received. And our good buddy Brett Height, he's been on the podcast before. Uh, we go way back with Brett. He had one really good one, and uh, he said his worst fishing advice he's ever received was a guy telling him or asking him, "Hey, why do you pre-fish past three o'clock?" The tournament's over at three anyways. Why don't you just get off at three? Because anything you find after 3 p.m. will be different than it will be during the tournament. What do you guys think about that? I think that's, I don't know what to think about. I think it's pretty classic, though. I mean, if you find fish, you find fish, right? A hundred percent. what time of day it is. You can you can see the logic that the guy's going for. Like we'll give him we'll give him at least the benefit of the doubt. He might not have been thinking too much, but that is that's I pretty classic. That, I personally think that's being over analytical, like over overthinking it, and just like there's a lot of that. Um, and I'm sure we've all been guilty of it when we first started fishing, just overthinking everything. And that to me, that's what that is. Yeah. Uh, well, and I mean, I guess. It's not, I'm, I'm going to try and defend the guy poorly, but maybe, you know, you find an evening bite that doesn't apply other times of the day, but you're just trying to cover water at that point, right? You're just trying to see what, what's out there and every minute's precious in practice, right? Okay, guys. So the next one was Brian Thrift and his, the gist of what his comment was, people, people tell him, you don't need all this fancy new equipment to catch fish. You don't need these new fancy electronics. You don't need the new rods and reels. You don't need the new baits to catch fish. You can just catch fish like you always did in the past. What do you guys think about that one? Well, I mean, what is the past for Brian Thrift? 10, 15 years ago, right? And everything he was using at that time was the latest and greatest stuff, right? Yeah. 
that's my take on it. I mean, you, if you don't move with the times, you're, you're in trouble. Do, do are you able to still catch fish? I'm, I'm a testament to that because I don't move with the times. Really well. <laughs> yeah. But, you're not throwing fluoro, right, Rob? What's that? You're still not throwing fluoro, right? No, I still... try oh. fluoro, <laughs> Brett height breaks my balls every time about all my lead weights in my boat. So. <laughs> Dude, you just need like that three inch long Texas style, huge lead weight, man. When you're flipping that, they like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, but you know, I will... uh, go ahead. My two cents on that is, is that it's like, I guess it's kind of one of those asterisk things because I could envision whoever said that, dude, he's leaning on the cab of his, or the bed of his pickup truck at a gas station, trying to big time a guy with a wrap, right? Trying to say, like, me and my boys can still catch fish and we throw Zebco 33s, right? You know what I mean? It's like, well, sure you can, but like, A, you don't get paid to fish competitively and be successful at it. And B, like, chill out, bro. <laughs> That's well said, dude. Yeah. I mean... Anytime anyone has something like that to say, I would just love to be like, okay, dude, pony up. Yeah, let's, right. No kidding. Like, let's drop go. Drop your five grand and we'll <laughs> see you next Thursday, dude, in this tournament. You got your three days to practice and we'll see how you do compared to all these guys with this fancy, fancy equipment. And we'll see how you do. Because in the world of being competitive, right? Like if you're, if you've got money on the line, who would in their right mind be like, yeah, I don't need it. I don't need all that newfangled stuff. Like I'd rather just donate my money and suck then be competitive and on par with everyone else. I mean, that's just like, yeah, clearly, clearly coming from a, from the right type of individual on that one. Yeah. It, 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 it comes down to just a, a few fish here and there. Like it's one of those yeah. sports where like, Hey dude, if, if, you know, you might be able to go out with absolutely bare bones equipment and catch 10 fish on a day. But, but if this extra equipment has helps you catch 13, those extra three fish is a huge, they're, they are a huge deal. Yeah. Um, it's a check or no check potentially. Exactly. Right? So that's, that's the difference. And uh, when it comes down to ounces, you need to have every little thing you can in your favor. And Hey, if you're going out fun fishing, like, dude, you know, if I'm fun fishing, I am a lazy, lazy fisherman. Like a lot of times I'm not retying. I'm not even going to the rod locker to pull out. And I'm just having fun sometimes. Right. But man, if I am trying to, fish an event and uh, catch fish to put food on the table, I'm going to take every advantage I can get. And uh, having the latest and greatest equipment is a big part of that. Right. Yeah. And w without, without tournaments, our equipment wouldn't, would not advance. It's just like without race cars, our cars would not advance. Right? True, man. And Very true. I mean, that's just, yeah, the, all that stuff is just bred from tournament fishermen and from, from people that are being competitive fishing and making and, stuff. And, 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 you know, it's funny, too. It's like on that guy's rig in this theoretical situation, like assuming that he has some type of electronics on his boat, some type of trolling motor, right? Like whatever he's throwing, there was a day when that was state of the art. Absolutely. So, it's, so like, come on, man. It's not like you're you got a rock and you're wearing like a, a, a cheetah print leotard and you're trying to do it like caveman style. Like maybe then you could say you're like truly low tech. But until that point, dude, like. There, it's turtles all the way down. At some point, whatever you have was high tech. You're just out of style, which out of date is definitely. If you went and looked at my clapped out Z8 right now, it's it's no tech for sure. But I also don't pay the bills competitively fishing, right? Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Roll the clock back uh, six years, dude, and uh, you were on Big top timing. of the food chain. Heck yeah. Uh, I'm cool. still on top of the food chain in my mind. <laughs> That's what matters, man. That's what matters. All right. Uh, Here's another one. Jeff Crete. When you get someone told Jeff, when you get in that real rough water, don't slow down. Just get on top <laughs> of the waves and go faster. I think, I think we, that's wrong. Do we all agree? I think we've all heard that one. Just stay on. Just clip across the top of them. Dude, I think I think Boat US must have planted somebody out there to try and increase their broken down boater insurance programs, and they're just like going around to all big lakes and be like, "Man, it gets rough out there. Just just hammer down on it so that they can rescue more people." That's that's good. maybe that was Ricky Bobby, dude. You know, like maybe he had his Crystal Gale T-shirt on, and he's like, "If you ain't first, you're last." Like you just there's get a, up on top of that thing, let her eat. Send there's it. a lot of Ricky Bobbies in our sport, dude. There's <laughs> there's no doubt. 
I mean, it that it's a great plan, dude. Until uh, until you spear a wave, and that's that's gonna happen pretty quickly usually. So, um, I think it's pr- pretty safe to say that's bad advice. Do you guys have any advice? Uh, you know, talking about this, have you had any bad advice over the years given to you, or have you given bad advice? I've, I know I've given bad advice before. I'm a fishing guide, so of course I've given <laughs> bad advice. <laughs> dude, Rob, you get paid to give bad advice. Uh huh. <laughs> 250 a trip baby i'll tell you all the bad stuff you need to know sure you can reuse that morning dawn robo worm again just bite the head off a little bit closer to the nub it's like a <laughs> ned rig now what do you have josh what kind of what's your answer to that man I, you know i don't know i in that video i had answered um i had seen on a tv show a tv show host had said you know folks you never want to fish in the rain because the rain distracts the fish <laughs> <laughs> dude I mean, if the fish is on the spectrum, too much noise, you know, it just it's it just gets lost in the fray. I, he's right. He's onto something there. I guess so, man. I guess so. I don't know. I, I, I disagreed with that advice, uh, but I still do to this day. But uh, I don't know. You know, this, I think those guys actually gave gave their answer some good thought. And, uh, you know, yeah. I love Brett's, man. I, I think out of I all the Brett's was the most unique. And uh, I didn't think about that, but I've heard it all the time. And, and dude, you can't, you know, we talked about it, but like, if someone is not a diehard tournament angler and angler, like that, that's a logical question and, and a logical thought. But um, it is. I mean, fish are fish, and if they live, if you find an offshore area or a, or a creek or something that's loaded with fish, it doesn't matter what time of day; those fish are going to be there for you. Um, well, with minor adjustments, right, for the right. time of day. Yes, correct. Dude, just say silly things that sparked in me, Josh. I remember a thousand years ago, we were laughing. You had a client one time, I think it was on Saguaro. And you know how you get those ridiculous little swarms of microscopic bugs, like trout food, probably. And did you had that client and he was like, fish like that, right? Like, right. You're like fishing oh, sure. in 30 Dude, feet I... with a drop shot and a freaking hatch of gnats comes off. It's it's more, it's a plural, dude, not a singular. Like, I can't tell you how many guide trips I've been on, you know, bass fishing on, on lakes with big Florida strain bass. And, and, you're and fishing you see, 40 and you feet see the little bugs, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and the clients will say, oh, that's good. You know, this is going to be good for the bite. And it's like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to, this is going to affect our bite, you know, having some, uh, having some gnats buzzing around, but, uh, <laughs> dude, the, the silly shit things, oops, edit that out. Sorry. The silly things that people say, I, uh, um, I read a magazine, it's in the fly fishing world, but I thought this was funny in the same vein. They're talking about, uh, um, things you never hear, uh, from clients. I'm going to modify it a little bit, but Rob and Josh, you could appreciate this, right? This one is things you never hear is I would never have caught these fish without my guide because I have no clue what I'm doing. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> never. <laughs> Probably not. That's hilarious. Dude, dude, I laughed so hard when I read that. And then the next one is, uh, nah, just release it. I've posted too many tarpon, but insert largemouth bass pics on my Instagram lately. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get a subscription to that magazine, dude. That sounds hilarious. Oh, dude, that, that magazine gets done. It's it's always good. But yeah, I, I love that, dude. No one would ever be like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Everything I caught was directly because of my guide. <laughs> We've definitely had some really appreciative clients. For sure. We have. We've been yeah. really appreciative to a lot of our clients, dude. But uh, yeah, that I don't think that exact quote has uh has come up but hey dude that's the nature of a fisherman right like yeah uh i think that's just fishing just breeds that dude and like no matter what if you're the guy that's holding the rod when that 10 pounder bites that was all you your fish that's right that was all you hey and i lived that life man my bowl cup picture at that seven pounder when i was a kid in florida man that fish was that was all me i didn't make the cast I didn't set the hook. I probably <laughs> reeled it in once he tired it out. But, dude, that fish was all me, baby. I would have skin-mounted that thing if I had the $300 back in my 8-year-old self. That was all me. <laughs> exactly. That's that's just – I think that's just the nature of a, of a fisherman. What was, the other, uh, what was the other thing in that magazine that you had brought up last week, dude? Something about restaurants. What was the uh, – did yeah. they have an article about that? Yeah, so so that that magazine likes to cover like 360 degrees of the fishing world, right? So of course there's technical tidbits, but then there's also just like you know just things in the world of fishing. And they were talking about greasy spoons along the way of uh, 
you know, some of the greatest fishing destinations. And it totally got me thinking, obviously, by now, this show should be sponsored by the Burger House in Globe, Arizona, for how often we talk about their green chili burritos. But uh, the article is just talking about that. And man, I've, I've had a couple of places that when I think back of significant you know, places that I've fished a lot in my life that jump to mind. Do you guys have some of those places besides the Burger House? <laughs> yeah, I have a couple. Um, if the Burger House is closed, I go to Guayos on the trail. Ooh, that's, so that's I don't know one. that have one. Have been there, Josh? Yeah, but dude, backups don't count, man. Backups don't count? Okay. No, right. no, right. we can't give that's them a, a mention point. if they're just a backup. What's, what's Maybe- another primary? You got to talk about a different lake, man. So uh, Wild Horse at Lake Pleasant. Okay. Yeah, that's a so good one. The options are are thick there. You can get a cheeseburger or a hamburger. <laughs> I love it already. Do it right. Like it's that's a good burger. Dude, it's like a biker bar too, isn't it? Oh, there's snowbirds and bikers there. It doesn't. So, I mean, there's like it, it's such a mix of people, and I mean, so they good got, scenery too, right? You probably see some like tanned old hides with things sagging all over the place and some yeah, leathers. A lot of leather. That's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's this, uh, it, it's it's uh, it's an interesting place, but I mean, I I've been eating there forever. I, I mean, as long as I can remember, and the burgers are still good and always always the same. So yeah, they're minimum half pounds of ground beef, right? I mean, yep. they are yep. the, the burgers are like an inch and a half thick, dude. Yep, and they got good chili too. Dude, for me, man, when I think about it, I love me some biscuits and gravy. Like that's like I, we we hit the burritos hard, but I love me some biscuits and gravy. And uh, there's a spot near and dear to my heart in in Pinedale growing up, and uh, I used to get down pretty hard on that at the Stockmans. I I loved me some biscuits and gravy. And then there's a cool spot in Key West um, when I my buddy lived down there, and it was called Hurricane Hole. And uh, it was such a sweet spot, dude, because you could just drive your boat right there, park. Cool. They had a ridiculous fried grouper sandwich. And, uh, dude, what would fishing be if you didn't have a place to, like, catch a buzz and get a good bite afterwards? It's just, man. Or before, like, the breakfast stops a lot of yeah. times are memorable, too. So Yeah. It's just the lifestyle. Hashtag lifestyle. Yeah, we were actually, I was talking about this uh, earlier today with Boyd about greasy spoons and, and, we brought up one restaurant. I'm not even going to say the name. It's up by Roosevelt. And he's like, oh, that place is awesome. I'm like, eh. He goes, but the memory's there. He goes, I just rem- I love going there. Cause That's there a big be, deal. Yeah, there'd be fishermen in there and talking. And one of them was Larry Hardy. Like, Larry would make Boyd laugh. Because he would always <laughs> give the waitresses a hard time. So it was just, it's more about the spot and just the the, the situation in a well, lot of times than the food you that's know? what it's all about dude yeah 100 percent. yeah let's be real you know bobby flay isn't going back there and like whipping up some new exciting recipe most of those places are probably like three out of ten stars on any food critics radar but to us they're like near and dear i think three stars is a giving them a, some credit on the day after they <laughs> clean the kitchen maybe right yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you guys ever been to the pizza place up there by roosevelt I know, yeah, Rob, the guy, the guy's like the soup Nazi. Like if you, oh, guy, <laughs> I that's so funny, dude. That you, you you say that too. This guy, Nick, have you been there, dude? No, man. I I'm gonna go Classic. next time. Clearly. So for the for the listeners, how dude? How many people live in Tonto Basin, Rob? Five thousand? No, no thousand. Probably yeah. Yeah. A thousand. Okay, it's it's yeah. it's, the, it's the smallest town. It it is the smallest town, and, and and it revolves around Lake Roosevelt. Well, you know there are there are a couple restaurants that stay relatively busy, but there's this pizza place, and they had great pizza. I mean, I remember going there for, you know, quite a bit over you know a fifth a fifteen year span. But every time we went, there was this one guy that owned it, and this guy had such an attitude. Like I remember, and <laughs> next time we have Scooter on the podcast, we'll ask him about this. But uh, it's a pizza place, right? They, they it's a pizza place. The name of the place has the word pizza in it. Scooter, I remember Scooter calls up and asks, "Hey, or we go we go in there and we're trying to order a pizza." He goes, "Can I get a pizza?" And the guy's like, "Well." I'd have to turn the ovens on, and that would oh. heat this place up. And uh, he was the guy was brutal, but 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 that's part of the fun, man. We would always eat there all the time, knowing that we would get the worst service ever. And oh, this yeah. guy would 
treat us like absolute crap. But like it was part of the fun, dude. It was part of the trip. Yeah, the beer is cold and the food is greasy, so life is good, dude. Speaking of, I mean, we were pounding Lake Roosevelt here, but dude, what about Boston's? Boston's is another legit eatery in that neck of the woods. It's where I had my bachelor party, dude. Oh, I, I don't mean, think I didn't dude, forget. Your you brother were, fell yeah, off he, the deck of the boat in the parking lot. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. We we had a uh, we had a great bachelor party there, a fishing bachelor party, and unfortunately, man, I think they just closed due to COVID, which is really uh, really sad. Yeah, but uh, a, a, a super great place. So, all right, so to everyone out there who's going to be gastrointestinally challenged this week before they go fishing or after they go fishing, we see you and we salute you. That's a huge huge deal, man. So, uh, wh- one other thing I wanted to cover. Um, I threw a post out on Instagram today from my page and the AZ, uh, the, uh, the English happy hour page Q and a, and it's something that we don't have to knock out all today, but I think over the next handful of episodes, if we, if we answer a few questions, it might be kind of a cool thing to add to the show instead of having one big long Q and a episode, we got some good questions already. So we'll yeah, run yeah. through these. um, appreciate everyone that, took the time to ask a question the first we we got a couple from oscar and uh we're gonna we're gonna take one of oscars at a time we're gonna do one this episode one next episode but if you had to do a a mount rushmore of bass fishing who would be on your mount rushmore um john robin nick yeah go ahead how many people are are on mount rushmore four four okay am i right four Sounds good to me. You guys. There's four on mine, so that's all. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Word. Let's hear it, dude. Who do you have? Uh, Hank Parker, Larry Nixon, Denny Brower, and KVD. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Why? Mm -hmm. Uh, Parker's just, I mean, that guy, like, his career wasn't that long. I think he quit fishing tournaments in 89 after he won the second classic 10 years after he won the first one. Um I don't know. The guy's just a stud. If he had continued, he'd have been just as good or, you know, just as dominant as those other guys. Um, uh, Larry Nixon. I mean, he just it was these are just like I guess it shows my age. These are I just going to say, Rob, it's, it's 2020, bro. It's not 1988. Right. Mine's well, close to yours, Rob. I'm dude. I've got the same really close. Yeah. So but Larry Nixon was just phenomenal. Just overall. I mean, he was always. Like he he dominated those mega bass tournaments. Do you remember those? Oh yeah, the where they fished the the little um, the course or whatever, um, where they had they had to fish a hole for a certain amount of time. Do you remember those? Uh, dude, I I I, rem- I remember hearing about them or have read yeah. about them beyond, but yeah, I, I was not following when they were happening. Okay, so anyhow, the, he he did really well in those. Those were fun to watch. And Denny Brower is just a stud. I mean, he was phenomenal back then all the way to when he he retired and then kvd how do you not have him so that's that's yeah. where i'm at with that what about bill dance bro come on now he's yeah. on mine okay go. let's <laughs> Rob hear is all about the legit term but bill dance legit go ahead nick that's why he's boring dude why i i'm gonna see if i can even name four bass fishermen no i'm just kidding dude bill dance has got to be up there for sure for me i mean that that are we saying like I guess in my mind I went quickly to like significant significance to me, but that's probably way too that, nearsighted and selfish. No, it's to you. Whatever matters to you. You're Mount Rushmore. Yeah, okay. Lord. All right. I thought maybe this was like you know idolizing it, but yeah, man. I mean, gotta have you gotta have Bill Dance up there. Yep. I mean, you gotta have KVD up there. Yeah, man. I Josh, of course, right? I mean. <laughs> He's the no, anchor of my whole life. No, I don't know, man. Josh, who do you got? I, I'm I'm at like uh, okay. 50% occupancy here. Well, I mean, no matter how dominant someone is right now, he, you can't be on Mount Rushmore if you're in the middle of it right now, right? So right. Um, the guys that, that have really made a huge impact on our sport, Van Dam, of course. Yep. Um, but but Bill, Bill Dance... And I'm going to say Jimmy Houston. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, there you go. Yep, yep. And, and, and those guys have done it on, on all fronts again. Same thing. Like, it's they've, they've done done a ton on the tournament side in the early days, but they've just had such an impact on uh, 
on the media side and the television side that everyone knows who they are. And uh, they're still going. All those guys that we've talked about, they are still going strong. Like it's these guys, Bill Dance is like, I don't know how old Bill Dance is, but he is still at trade shows. He's still filming shows. Jimmy Houston. I mean, I've I've gotten to spend a decent amount of time with Jimmy Houston just at like sponsor summits and events because we have similar sponsors in line and and the guy is so sharp and still works so hard it's unbelievable so uh and he's got a great head of hair it's amazing dude dude if i could grow i i'd do bowl cut for a while switch to a mullet then back to the bowl cut (laughs) like if i could grow it i would show it i got mad love for jimmy houston he's the man he is the center of attention he's so funny and quick-witted it's a He's he's a hilarious individual. I love being around that guy. That's a solid question though from Oscar. I like that. I, you you hit me upside the head. I'm now I'm like reeling with that. that that's pretty good. Well, you like need it. two, dude. You've got Bill Dance and Van Dam. You need two more before you move on. Yeah, man. Well, but see how the I was going back to TV shows, dude. Growing up as a kid, man, before we had all this amazing internet provided content, you had to like schedule your life around the stuff you wanted to watch dude so saturday morning fishing shows was like it was just gospel right that was like church sunday so dude you helped me finish it out dude it was just all the tv heroes right there yeah and rob's right with parker and and denny brower too was like forever denny brower was the leading money winner of all time in, in tournament bass fishing and um and parker is right up there with those guys i don't know uh why I didn't pick Parker in my group because he's just, I mean, he is right up there, up there with those other guys too. So, uh, yeah, that's tough to say. We need 14 on the Mount Rushmore, not four. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, so the next one was, uh, from our buddy, Travis, what water temp dictates the end of the top water bite in the fall? Great question. This is where Nick's microphone gets muted. You guys take care. <laughs> In my experience, it depends on where you're at and what what species you're fishing for. If you're fishing, I've caught spotted bass in Northern California in, in low to mid 50s um, on topwater, and I, I'm gonna go mainly just in Arizona though, but probably um, probably 60 degrees, high 50s in Arizona uh, for our our largemouth. How about you, Josh? That's well said, dude. Yeah, I I agree. Um... Florida strain bass are going to be very different from spotted bass or smallmouth. So it depends on where you are, and it depends on the type of day. Like, you could be way past what the peak topwater bite would be, but then you get the right conditions, almost like James talked about on our last podcast, and you catch three big ones on a buzzbait on a specific day. Yeah. So it, it's it's not to say that you completely take them out of the boat, but like honestly, for me, I take them out of my main rotation when it gets, you know, a decent bit below seventy, which is crazy. But like, you know, like it's, it, you know, if it's sixty-five, they're still they're still on the deck, they're ready to go. But you know, once what you know, once it gets below sixty, a hundred percent, like it's they're in they're in the bottom of the rod locker. I got a topwater box in the boat for the perfect conditions but i'm looking to catch them cranking on a jerk bait on a spinner bait or something even even slower or deeper for sure i mean it's uh it's not going to be like when that water temp is in the 70s you can catch them all day anywhere in the country really like and not i'm not saying it's good but that bite's just available in a lot more situations and uh below 70 it starts to wean and below 60 it's a Dude, if you get on topwater by below 60, that's worth telling your, you know, that's worth a, a story uh, around the campfire with, with your buddies. That right? goes on the gram. Exactly. What, do you, so, what, do you, what were you going to say, Nick? Yeah, so, you know, you just, we actually might have mined up one nugget of useful information this entire podcast. So shout out to Travis on this. I have two questions for you on that. So let's talk about what um, those specific conditions might look like. I have a guess, but I'd like to hear. So you're on the lake and it's, you know, 61, 62 degree water temp or 57, 58. What does that right condition look like to you, Josh? Of course, like the biggest thing are, are the actual weather conditions that day. Mm-hmm. So like, let's talk about, um, it. yeah, if you, if you got low light, I mean, low light okay. ultimately is such a big deal. Low light is, you know, you get a kind of a, 
a warm, drizzly day or something like that, that's going to be one of the rare days where topwater is going to kind of go all day long. But, dude, occasionally you'll just you'll find yourself in that situation where um, you find the fish you you act, find the fish actively chasing. Um, and then the other thing too is like sometimes you know uh, maybe you're in a tournament situation and you're in you're being bullheaded and trying to get one big bite it's a good way to do it to you know pick up a buzz bait or something like that and try to get that one big bite uh what do you think rob what are what are the situations when it gets cold close to 60 that you are still throwing a top water um i would think of a i mean a perfect scenario is let's say you're spooning out deep um Fisher, Fisher, schooling. You're spooning out deep, and then all of a sudden, the fish come to the surface. What are you laughing about, Nick? <laughs> Nothing, dude. It's just late night. I just love hearing you say spooning out deep. All right, so we're spooning out deep. Yeah, and all of a sudden, the fish are obviously schooling. If you're if you're vertically jigging a spoon, um, and all of a sudden those fish will push the bait to the surface, and you'll have a, a boiling situation or a, yep. a chasing situation. And that's like a walking bait at that point. Yeah, and I mean, that there's probably better. There's probably better baits to catch them, but that's a situation where you could catch them in cold water on a topwater bait. Cool. Um, and then the other thing would be like in super cold water, like Josh mentioned earlier, I've heard of instances on certain lakes where you'll throw a buzz bait first thing in the morning. You might have ice in your guides and you're throwing a buzz bait, mm. but you, you just catch those, those early biters right on the bank. You know? That fish is positioned and it's just, yep. it's right. Yeah. Cool. So the other thing you specifically called out uh, Florida strain. Do do northern strain behave any differently, or does that kind of just land in the largemouth bass category as far as interest in that? Could you get that scientific with it, or is it just is what it is? Dude, they're just they just bite better in cold water. Period. Like mm-hmm. Florida strain bass, when it gets cold, they're so hard to catch. And like sixty degree temp on saguaro, where it's Florida strain bass, you have such I, I, you know, I know Rob's sitting there thinking about the turkey shoot derbies back in the day, but, uh, you know, it, dude, it's so hard to catch a, a Florida strain bass in 60 degree water on top water, but yeah. a Northern strain bass is a little bit different. They just, they just act, they're a little bit more aggressive. They're a little bit more used to cool water. And, uh, really when you get into the spots and smallmouth, it's even, even Completely more that way. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, it just, it, you know, Rob said it right away. Like, it depends on where and when and what the fish are like where you live. But, like, I know, Travis, you're a northerner, man. So, like, you can – I'm sure there there's a topwater bite into a little bit cooler temps down there than it is out here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm not the type that likes to force it. I'm a percentages type guy, too, you know. And uh, I'm all about going out and, and, and finding the easiest way to catch those fish. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm not – I'm not going to be stubborn and try to catch one last topwater fish when I could pick up a jerk bait and catch 10 on a jerk bait. The money ball approach, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I'm so average, just like the A's. Yeah. Have you, ever, have you ever heard of those old school fishermen that would fish one technique like year round? They never, they would catch them occasionally, but I remember, and I don't even know the guy, I just remember stories about him, how he would only throw topwater just year round. And I would imagine if you did that, could you imagine the odd times you would catch them? And seriously, right? Probably so, Nick. Yeah, you're right, dude. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, like in that two weeks of my Hall of Fame life of fishing, when when that trout swim bait thing was big, man, I loved, and it was cold, man. Like you said, ice and the rod guides. and But that was such a completely, like, zoomed in, specific thing that that yeah that's a that's an asterisk that doesn't fall inside the rule i don't think you're right dude and and, you know if you're out there just looking for a big bite or doing or just trying to have fun or do something different don't listen to us and put them away i mean and i I, dude my personal best i'm sitting here giving all this advice the biggest bass i've ever caught in my (laughs) life came on thanksgiving on a top water (laughs) it's because i didn't know any better i was so young but i caught a day 12 pounder on a spook in november like like late november when the water temp was 55 so uh there there are freak instances but now that i'm trying to you know rely on these fish to make a living uh i take that i take the higher odds for sure yeah yeah that's a good question though it is a good question um okay last question uh how much time do we have Uh, yeah we'll go last question here um 
Jake said, give me one fall bait for largemouth and one fall bait for smallmouth. Um, I don't know if you guys want to use the same bait or different baits for this one, but I'll, I'll give them one, one for each. Um, if you guys had one to pick from, you go ahead, Rob, pick, pick on your side. A fall bait for smallmouth? Um, yeah, and largemouth. Just one, one for each. One for each. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, what <laughs> – now we're – I'm trying to get too specific. Let's just say a jerk bait for smallmouth um and largemouth i'll go with a mm, that's a tough one man just random but let's go with a spinner bait nice right on how about you nick are you in uh, in the same boat there dude so and maybe fall is is a little bit too early but what about the old football jig on the largemouth side of things it's probably a little bit too early for that you think because they're probably still chasing bait it's never too early for a football jig Uh, yeah yeah yeah, 100 nice i like that hey well let me just continue to just drop bombs of wisdom here i don't know bill about the the smallmouth side man yeah i'm thinking reaction too. the jerk bait the jerk bait sounds good um i like it I, Josh, give me yours, and then I've got a question about a, a bait that I've never caught a fish on in the fall, but I'm curious uh, if you guys have had any love with yeah, it. Well, what this, you- Jake's going to get three jerk baits in the fall, so tie a jerk bait on, dude, 100%. And a jerk yeah. bait's so well known for uh, you know being a springtime bait, but if you're looking for smallmouth, it's it, a lot of fish to spend in the fall. It's a great fall bait. And uh, a largemouth bait for the fall, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, probably say a buzz bait. Yeah, um, we, you know, we yeah, just got over the – done talking the topwater stuff but until it does hit that super cold temp a buzz bait is such a good way to catch a largemouth shallow but yeah what were your questions nick well i was gonna say i've never thrown one hardly and i don't hear about it a ton out here west i know it's a deadly bait but it's called an underspin right where you have that willow leaf behind a, a shadow uh-huh. profile have you have you mopped up the floor with those i know those things are fish catching magnets in certain parts of the country yeah, man. So that like that is a super well-known cold water bait, especially mm-hmm. in the southeast. Like it's super well-known in the southeast on those clear water herring lakes. Like that's yeah. kind of where it, it's it's super famous. But over the last couple of years, dude, I've done a lot of a uh, lot of fishing out here with them, and it's it's okay. a deadly technique, man. And yeah, like I like to throw like a three A ounce underspin with like just a, a straight tailed minnow style bait. Okay. So like, um, you know, Berkeley makes a little four inch minnow and I'll throw that on the back of it. Just, you know, keep it really simple. I just throw pearl color uh-huh. and, um, I throw it on a bait cast rod with like a seven foot medium or medium heavy 10 pound test and cast it out and slow roll it. And, and okay. whatever underspin you buy, you want to just buy one that you can fish really slow and control, control the depth that you run it at. If it, you want it to be able to where that spinner is turning if you're just absolutely crawling it whether you're crawling it on the bottom or you're you're fishing it through the middle middle of the water column but um slow rolling is a key well because i knew that was such a southeastern thing but you mentioned it dude clear water obviously we don't have herring but i figured that that was you know it's cool to hear you throw it out here because i never have and i'm like man that's a there are some parallels for sure totally yeah good that came out of nowhere bro but it's a uh, i I don't throw it a ton in the actual fallout here, to be honest, but in the wintertime, uh, I'm really becoming a big fan of it. I really like throwing that thing. Have you thrown it much, Rob? Uh, very little. I've had I've had a little success on, um, I've had a ton of success on smaller scroungers, but recently I've had a little success on the bigger, heavier scroungers. So it's kind of in the same, using a, a, using a yeah, straight, very yeah, very similar, but it's just, uh, yeah, I've not had a ton of success with the underspins, but that's probably due to the lack of me not throwing it a lot. Yeah, it's our West Coast bias, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, the scrounger was, I think, bigger out here compared to the underspin. But, um, yeah, that's something that we'll talk about more, man. It's, that's, a whole, that's a whole topic that little underspin and uh there's a lot of different ways to fish it and stuff well, I think, sure. yeah i'd like to learn i'm sure there's other people too that'd be cool and there's listeners in the southeast that are probably rolling their eyes and like dude what the heck but i'd like to know more so we'll hit that yeah right on uh, well cool hey we're an hour in um rob what do you have kind of coming up on the hunting front dude i know you don't have a, a any or a bunch of hunts yourself but like you're scouting right now what are you scouting for uh, Boyd's got a, a whitetail hunt coming up in November, early November. Um, 
one of my buddies has a, a late November whitetail hunt. Um, and I have another friend that's got a, a late elk hunt. Um, so yeah, just probably not going to hunt a ton this year, but, um, just enough to keep us interested. So. Dude, your wife's going to actually be like, Hey, I, I haven't seen you in the fall in like a decade. It's good to see you again. <laughs> right. Your marriage is going to like grab another gear and just hit like ecstasy, dude. I'm excited. Or she'll be that. telling me to go. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very true. That That's the other side of that. Dude, uh, Rob, have you ever, and maybe some other people have seen this, what about that picture I sent you where there was like a, a straight up just deer skeleton and that was a big buck, dude, with an arrow through its eye socket. Clearly is what killed it. Is that like a regular occurrence? Obviously, I'm a non-informed. I've hardly ever gone hunting in my life. Is that a regular occurring thing, you think? It's just, um, I don't know. I, it's horrible to see bad shots like that. And, I mean, we all make bad shots. But, um, obviously, that animal ran off and suffered and died, and they didn't find it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I mean, it happens. It's part uh-huh. of I mean, it happens with rifle hunting, happens with, with archery hunting where, you know, people just don't make a great shot and they're unable to, to get the Track animal. It. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to stand on a soapbox and talk about it and act like I'm better. But, I mean, if you have an archery tag, you better, I think you have to give the animal the credit and, and really practice and work hard at, you know, making good quality shots and choosing yeah. your shots. I think the sensational nature of that photo was maybe like the hunting equivalent of when you see like a giant, we talked about this two episodes ago where like the giant fish choked to death on a smaller one. It was like right. that kind of shock and awe. I was like, I, I guess now I think about it, that happens that that, uh, that's crazy. So it that's just an lot, irresponsible hunter. What's that? Probably an irresponsible hunter. No, I'm not hunt. saying that I don't want to come across like that at all, because I mean, we all make bad shots and make, you know, might've, hit a tree limb and bounced. You just don't know the situation. So, but it's, um, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I've run across, uh, an elk a couple years ago that had an arrow in it and they obviously didn't find it. Uh, Oh, wow. And you, if you watch some of the, the hunting, um, Facebook pages, I guess you'll see that a lot, you know? Yeah. I've seen uh, that where they're like, Hey, if you see one, dude, this, this happened, right? Like, yeah, they're, they're asking for help to find their deer or elk. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, or, or a lot of guys will find one and go, Hey, if you happen to shoot hmm. an elk in this unit, um, it's got this kind of arrow in it. Ah, <laughs> so, you know, that type That's of cool. stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. A lot of times in that, by time that comes around, the, the meat is wasted. Um, mm. but, but at least, you know, the people are able to retrieve the, the antlers and I mean, the animals out in the wild are going to, I mean, it's not going to go to complete waste. Waste is kind of a subjective term in that sense, right? That was like the picture I sent you. I mean, that thing had returned Mother Earth. There was like You're a right. few vertebrae left and the skull with some antlers on it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, I don't want to be like, I, I mean, I don't want to come across like I'm the greatest shot in the world and I'm not going to make that mistake. But it, it just, it happens. Yeah, yeah, so. no, that's cool. We get it. Yeah, we've all broken off a uh, a hook in a fish's mouth before. Man. We got to, hooked yeah. like a twelve pounder and been like, eh, never done that, but same idea. Yeah. Right on. Well, sounds like you got a couple uh, cool hunts coming up. Uh, Nick, how about you, dude? Are you gonna try to chill out this week a little bit after the epic, uh, epic busy weekend, there, man? <laughs> dude, it's all self-inflicted. My life is like a bad country music <laughs> song. I would like to tell you that I'm gonna get smarter and change for the better, but we all know that that yeah. is just completely far from reality so dude i mean hey i'm not gonna i'd be lying if i said i didn't shake your head when you asked us if if we knew any spots to camp around Payson on saturday morning dude josh and josh and i actually talked about it oh of course you did i know like no way you're gonna find a spot dude but hey it sounds like you did man so we found a spot memories were made expletives were said you know, a good time was had by all, but no, man, it's, it's show week. I'm looking forward to getting out on the water. I, I have to say that uh, the bromance remains strong as ever with you two. Last week, Josh, you covered for me on wearing a woman's cowboy hat. And then this week, Rob stepped up to the uh, plate and dude, I sent out the 911. I had reached a boiling point. I was just ready to sit in my garage with the minivan idling and just take her into the horizon. And okay. I said, Rob, take me fishing. Rob called me instantly, dude. He was ready to take me the next day. So 
shout out to you for that, even though I turned it down. Yep. See how <laughs> now, you are. Who asked to go fishing and then when 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 he's answered yes says no I can't. Yeah. Immediately it was classic. I, immediately I answered yes. Seriously you did too. So much thanks for that man. I, uh, I with friends like you you can't do anything but succeed in life, you know? It's just simple as that. Well, I'm dude, I'm looking forward to fishing with you both here really soon and uh, as uh, as always thanks to the listeners. Thanks again for all the great ratings and reviews. That contest was fun. We're going to run another one soon. Uh, don't feel like you have to wait for the next contest. If you want to rate us or review us or share our podcast, we will include you. Uh, we promise when it comes time for the next contest. But um, thanks again yep. for doing that. And uh, if you guys don't have anything else, we'll uh, let everyone get on with their week. Yeah, man. Thanks for everyone tuning in. Yep. Thanks. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks again for listening to the show, guys. We hope you all have a great week and we will chat with you next Monday.